The accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba presents the 24th College Football Hall of Fame season of Fighting Irish Preview. And now, the Banditos' fresh made daily kickoff with your host, Phil Halk. Last week, with a commanding 45-3 victory, Notre Dame had the look of a team that may have found some answers on the offensive side of the ball. And the defense accomplished something that ND hadn't done in a long time. The 2020 Irish have now held consecutive opponents to less than 10 points for the first time since 2002. And there are some parallels between the 2020 Irish and that team from 18 years ago. 2002 was Ty Willingham's first year, and yes, that team did have something in common with the 2020 Irish. They played terrific defense, but struggled on offense. The defense was opportunistic and was led by consensus All-American cornerback Shane Walton. Walton had seven interceptions, and the 2002 defense picked off 21 in total. They also racked up 12 fumble recoveries, and they returned six of those turnovers for touchdowns. Ninth best in the nation in points given up, and on consecutive Saturdays in mid-October, they held Stanford and Pittsburgh to single-digit points, just like the 2020 Irish have accomplished in the last two weeks. On the other hand, the 2002 offense, in some ways like 2020, struggled. Carlisle Holiday and Pant Dillingham combined for a grand total of just 11 touchdown passes on the season. And it was a converted quarterback, Arnez Battle, that led the team in receiving. Overall in 2002, the offense ranked 108th out of 117 teams nationally in yards gained and 95th in scoring. Despite the offensive struggles, the Irish that year won their first eight games and reached number four in the polls. But in week nine, the dream ended with a 14-7 loss to an unranked Boston College team. The Irish went on to drop their last two that year to finish 10-3. It is said that defense wins championships, but the lesson from 2002 is that a solid and balanced offense is necessary as well. Last week, the dominant play of the Notre Dame defense continued. But more importantly, an offensive outburst against a highly regarded Pittsburgh defense is a sign of hope that comparisons to the 2002 team will not define the 2020 Irish. Banditos with three Fort Wayne locations, Waynedale, Georgetown, and Glenbrook Commons. Banditos is fresh made daily. Now, stay tuned for Fighting Irish Insight from America's foremost authority on Notre Dame football, Tim Priester, senior editor of irishillustrated.com. After these words from Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, Sheer McCulloch Auctioneers, and Flight by Yingling. Only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories. Raise the bar. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The University of Notre Dame exemplifies dedication to hard work, integrity, and personal values, which result in success in the classroom and on the football field. The professionals at Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like Notre Dame, know the same dedication, and their experience and expertise provide peace of mind for you and your business. Tax planning, tax compliance, auditing, business valuation, and estate planning, the full-service accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like the Irish, has what it takes to help you achieve success. 
Located in Fort Wayne near Jefferson Point, Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba proudly supports Notre Dame football and congratulates all those who are a part of the greatest tradition in all of sports. Go Irish! This is Art Salzberg. I don't endorse everybody, but I found a company that I think provides a great service. The company is Shearer McCulloch, and what they do is targeted specifically for seniors, people who may be thinking about downsizing and are overwhelmed by the thought of what it's going to take. Shearer McCulloch will pack you up, move you, and then sell your house and everything that's left. Now that's the most comprehensive relocation service anywhere, and what I call in sports terms covering all the bases. Sharon McCulloch uses an international auction platform to make sure your possessions are seen by the right buyers. They're looking to get top dollar from people who have an interest in the special treasures you've collected over the years. Sharon McCulloch is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and highly recommended by leading retirement communities and law firms. If Sharon and I decide to make a change in lifestyle, we'll be calling Sharon McCulloch at 441-8636. That's 441-8636. We trust them and we know they'll make things easy and profitable. Introducing Flight by Yingling, the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment, six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling, now available wherever beer is sold. DJ Yingling and Sun Incorporated, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. Tim Priester, well, here we go again. The perception, as you know, changes every week. You've talked about that. So with a 45-3 pasting of Pittsburgh, what is this week's perception of the Irish? Well, a week ago they were bad, now they're good, right, Phil? Yeah, I mean, uh, well, good on offense or something. Still- yeah, well, yeah, bad on offense after Louisville, good now. And and, and certainly good defensively, which is a, pretty much a, a weekly thing for Notre Dame. Yeah, it was... You know, it was the kind of explosion that you were looking for there in the second quarter, 21 points in the last 10 and a half minutes of the second quarter. And I think that really took the life out of Pittsburgh and then a quick 17 in the third quarter. It was the kind of performance that um, Brian Kelly was hoping for. Um, he challenged them to try to be great and start start hammering people and playing up to the level that's going to be necessary come November 7th. And uh, and it worked. And I and I don't think people should misconstrue, you know, the whole notion about looking ahead. His whole point is continue to play well and play extremely well against Georgia Tech in order to prepare yourself for Clemson. So 45 to 3 was just what they were looking for. They caught Pittsburgh playing for its seventh straight week. It looked like they wore down a little bit. But Norton had the advantage and they um, they went for it and they took advantage of it. Well, that offensive line and the defense just seem to be beating teams up. And you can see it in almost every game this year by the fourth quarter. The other team has had it. And uh, you mentioned the idea of, of Notre Dame looking ahead to Clemson. Uh, yeah, they are. And Brian Kelly, as you said, kind of admitted it. But it's not so much looking ahead. It's just that Notre Dame needs to be at that level every week. Uh, but don't you think that uh, Georgia Tech probably is going to use that as a as an item of uh, inspiration for their team? There's there's no doubt. And uh, as a head coach, a former head coach, I would absolutely have done the same thing. 
but by the same token, Georgia Tech's given up 121 points in the last two weeks. So you can go ahead and motivate, but their problem, uh, Georgia Tech's problem is they can't stop anybody defensively. And, and when it comes down to it, when they have faced good defenses, they have struggled offensively. They do have some weapons that we'll get into. Uh, but yeah, I would, as Jeff Collins, the head coach of Georgia Tech, absolutely, I'd press that button frequently this well, week. I think the point is that Brian Kelly's trying to make is that if we're going to take this team to the next level, we have got to raise our play in every game. Now, on offense last week, Tim, Kyron Williams, uh, a pedestrian for him, 17 carries on 38 yards. Sebo uh, and Ian Book actually ended up with uh, with a bit more yardage. Uh, the Irish, quote, only gained 115 yards on the ground. But why is that a good thing? Well, that's uh, just about twice as much as what Pittsburgh allows uh, per game. Uh, the average per carry wasn't great. But, you know, it was it was enough from the standpoint that Norton converted four third and ones on the ground. And, and that that's significant, not only in sparking the passing game, but that's significant for Notre Dame because they've struggled in that area. And you can now see an offensive line. And this is, you know, this is going against a real quality Pittsburgh defensive line. They're getting push. You have running backs that can squeeze out every last inch that's available, especially Kyron Williams. And that really allowed them to continue possession of the football. Notre Dame suddenly become a time of possession football team, which is totally against what, what Brian Kelly has been. He was last in the country the year before he came to Notre Dame. But they've slowed the pace, and uh, it's working for Notre Dame. Not as much tempo, and not really, not really any tempo. And it's worked well for them. It's playing to their strengths with their offensive line and their tight ends. Well, and, and they are playing to their strengths, but I want to get a little bit more into that tempo issue. And you, I think you wrote about it this week. The Irish are seventh in the nation right now in time of possession. That's an amazing stat. 41 minutes last week against Pitt, they held the ball. And as you said, you know, this is not Brian Kelly's M.O., but he addressed that this week. Tell me, what what did he say? What is his re- – is, is, has he given up on tempo or is it something else? Well, for the time being, but, you know, he, he listed all four of the best receivers that have played for him, Will Fuller, T.J. Jones, and Chase Claypool, and Miles Boykin, and and others. He said if he had those receivers, if they, ha- if they had an experienced group of receivers – they might be lining up four wide, uh, but that's not what they have. And they know they have a veteran offensive line that uh, now has uh, 25 plus one, 139 career starts, uh, a couple of big, powerful, great blocking tight ends. So they're playing to that strength. But if it comes, you know, if the pendulum swings back to having more skill position talent at wide receiver, and that could be you know, a year or two from now, then they'll go back to it. But it makes sense because, I mean, anybody that's been in coaching, you, you know, you want your system in, but you have to play to the strengths of your personnel. Yeah, a great example of Brian Kelly doing exactly that. Now let's talk a little bit about the uh, that passing game, which uh, showed some life last week. And we saw the arrival of Ben Skoranek, who had been battling through some injuries earlier in the season. Two catches, two long touchdowns. So where does the receiver stand now, now that Kevin Austin is is definitely out for the season? And is there enough that the Irish now have to beat a team like, say, oh, Clemson at that position? I mean, I hate to put it in those terms per se, because I'm not really sure what beats Clemson anymore. 
Um, they would have a 37-game winning streak had they won the national championship game last year. Um, you know, but hey, Ben Skoranek, I think what they do know is this, that they have two guys for certain that are, are, are skill position athletes that you can throw the football to in 50-50, 50-50 throws. And Ben Skoranek is one of them because he is 6'3", 230, goes up, gets the ball, great hands, strong. And the other one, of course, is Michael Mayer who had a big day as well. Is it enough for Clemson? I mean, maybe not. I mean, the answer is probably no. Uh, when you consider that, that uh, everybody has great difficulty beating them, uh, but you get, you know, maybe you, you get Avery Davis involved a little bit more. You get the tight ends involved, like their wide receivers. Skoranek is kind of a uh, hybrid wide receiver tight end. Uh, and then you, you, I don't know that Jordan Johnson plays a role right away, but he's a freshman that's been moved up to the quote varsity moving forward, or at least for this weekend against Georgia Tech. So it's it's not a real explosive, you know, 18 yards per catch type receiving core, but it is what it is. And I, and I think that there's enough in the passing game, especially if you accentuate the tight ends uh, to still do some really good things throwing the football. And and Ben Skronik just had a terrific game last week. I got to repeat that. And another guy that had a terrific game. Uh, let's give a little more love to the tight ends overall. Michael Mayer, five for seventy four yards. Tommy Trimble, you know, he's not catching very many passes right now, at least not the last couple of weeks. But he is a devastating blocker. He's always showing up there. Uh, but focus first on Mayer, and then talk about why maybe Trimble hasn't been caught in as many passes. Mayer is just a beast. He, he's unbelievable. I mean, the combination of size, the 249 speed, the, the agility. I, we, and in a very short period of time, we've seen what an agile tight end he is. And, yeah, it's taken some throws away from Trumbull, but I think the pendulum swings back and forth on that. You know, this weekend could be a big game for Trumbull, and it's Mayer that's doing most of the blocking. I think they're both talented enough in, in both areas, um, you know, that – I mean, how many how many receptions do you? <laughs> a lot of people. Well, Tommy Trumbull didn't catch a football. Skronik or uh, Mayer caught five. How many how many receptions are you looking for from the tight end? I think that pendulum will swing back and forth between Mayer and Trumbull. But Mayer is a really really special talent, uh, a, a very very unique athlete at that size. I remember when Notre Dame recruited him. He was equally good as a defensive end. Had they placed him there, that would have been just as exciting. But that, that level of athleticism and agility at 249 is really very unique at the tight end position. Yeah, he's just going to be great to watch for probably no more than three years. Okay, uh, on the defense, uh, of course, the Irish defense, uh, they continue to perform extremely well. Pitt, three points, 162 yards of total offense. This defense is playing historically well, currently sixth nationally in scoring defense, ninth in total uh, defense. Not getting a lot of sacks, but knocking it out of the park in tackles for loss. Tim, what are the chances that Clark Lee remains our defensive coordinator next year? Uh, it's, it's going to be tough. As you know, Philly finished number two for the Boston College job, and, and uh, Coach Halfley's doing a heck of a job at, at BC with Phil Dracovic at quarterback. But, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be difficult now. He's not going to just jump at every at, at, at any opportunity. I think it has to be a Power Five conference team, and not every Power Five conference team. His alma mater is Vanderbilt. That's a really tough place to win. Yeah. 
so I don't know if that, how viable that is. Uh, but it, it will be difficult, Phil. There's no doubt about it. He's really talented. But the sooner he becomes a head coach somewhere else, the more prepared he is to uh, be that Notre Dame head coach down the road. And, and, and knowing Clark Lee pretty well, as well, I mean, about as well as anybody in the media, I think Clark Lee down the road with experience as a head coach uh, would be a really, really good fit for Notre Dame. He loves Notre Dame. He understand what, understands what Notre Dame's about. And he is a Notre Dame type guy. So maybe down the road that will that will happen. But I think it's best that he goes somewhere else, even at the expense of the Notre Dame defense in the short term. Yeah, well, I think he's going to get some opportunities after this season. So fans enjoy uh, what he's putting on the field. Tim, the obligatory poll question: the Irish win by forty-two and uh, drop a slot in the polls. This did not really surprise me, but I look at things differently than most people. But a lot of Notre Dame fans were upset. What was your take? My take was that Ohio State is one of three teams that can win it all every year, along with Clemson and Alabama. My take is that Ohio State played, and they were elevated to the number three spot. I spent about 1.2 seconds concerning myself with that. Yeah, I thought Ohio State played really well. It made a lot of sense, and I couldn't really understand uh, all the uh, upset people about that, but that's that's our world. Tim, a quick hit. Any news this week on the COVID front for the Irish? A couple guys tested positive. I don't believe that they are frontline players. I, in fact, I think they are walk-ons. I, I have not heard anything that would indicate anybody or anything is going to be compromised going into the Georgia Tech game. Okay, that's good news. So the trip to uh, Pittsburgh was uh, non-eventful. And Tim, one more question. Uh, And this has to do a little bit more about how we're covering the Irish this year. Limit of 15 in the press box. Uh, Even fewer of us uh, get to go on the road. Uh, All access to coach and players via Zoom. No access to practices at all. And to me, that's, that's really been a huge difference. How much has the prescribed process, uh, has it taken the some of the joy out of the profession? And, and well, tell, let's talk about that. Well, I just, I, you know, I think through the years when I think about all the relationships that have been developed with, with players and coaches, uh, you know, that, that's where it's hurt. That, that's what hurts is that you, you don't have that face-to-face interaction. You're talking with players via Zoom and, you know, the, the newer players, the younger players have no idea. That's just a name and a voice and they can't put a face with it. So from that from that perspective, you know, and you talked about the practices, well, we would get four or five preseason practices and that would give you a really good opportunity to evaluate just what kind of personnel Nordheim has, what the strengths and weaknesses are of players. But it is different. It's more convenient. You're not driving back and forth to Notre Dame and, and spending as much time uh, en route to uh, conduct these interviews, it's a lot more convenient. But I would, I would certainly trade that for the the face to face interaction with the players and coaches. Well, for somebody that's a few miles down the road, like I am, uh, the Zoom uh, conferences that's been good. But boy, do I miss the colleagues and I miss game day and I miss being in that press box. And if anyone out there is interested in what the joy. Uh, of the sports media profession can be like, or at least means to me, go to fightingirishpreview.com and look up a two-part article I wrote last summer entitled, I'll Always Have 2019. Thanks, Tim. Coming up, it's the all-time Irish hero, 
key to an Irish victory, injury report, and the world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction. And during the break, it's the Fighting Irish Fact of the Week, brought to you by Ron Wise and the Wise Insurance Agency. This is the 346th edition of Fighting Irish Preview. Shine a little light into my room. Oh, I'm sure the morning sun can eliminate my gloom. If it shine a little light into my room, all I want is some sunshine, sunshine. Shining through these windows of mine, and I want it to be easy, easy. Your clear choice is Bushy. Treat each house as if it was your own. Our mission statement at Bushy's Windows, Doors, and Remodeling. Hi, I'm Jim Bushy. At Bushy's, we're proud of our home improvement products that we offer and we are even more proud of the award-winning installers who will come to your home right now take advantage of our 12 months zero percent interest payment plan and estimates are always free so call bushies at 456-1247 stop into our showroom or check out bushiesfw.com bushies windows doors and remodeling your clear choice your clear choice is bushies your clear choice is bushies The Fighting Irish Fact of the Week is brought to you by our friends at the Wise Insurance Agency. With 1,199 career yards rushing, Ian Book is number two all-time on the ND quarterback rushing list. Number one on the list, Tony Rice with 1,921 yards. Call Ron Wise at the Wise Insurance Agency or go to thewiseinsuranceagency.com and get an auto or home quote in less than five minutes. Introducing Flight by Yingling, the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment, six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling, now available wherever beer is sold. DJ Yingling and Sun Incorporated, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Houck. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The fourth-ranked Irish are on the road this week at Georgia Tech. TV coverage on ABC starts at 3.30 p.m. South Bend time. And it's now time for the all-time Irish hero, brought to you by the Marina at Lake Gage. Chris Craft, Master Craft, and Premier Pontoons, we share your boating passion. This week, we continue our series on the great pass receivers of the Brian Kelly years. In January of 2010, as part of the, his first class of incoming freshmen, Brian Kelly welcomed a six foot, 190 pound four star receiver out of the state of Georgia. TJ Jones, the son of Andre Jones, who had been a starting defensive end on the 1988 National Championship team. Jones started seven games in his first season, catching 23 passes good for 306 yards and three TDs. Having established himself in that first year, there were high expectations for him as a sophomore. Sadly, tragedy struck when he lost his father to a brain aneurysm during the summer. No surprise, this event hit TJ hard, and at times he seemed to struggle on the field as a sophomore. Still, he started all 12 games and put up good numbers. 38 catches, 388 yards, and another three touchdowns. But Jones hit his stride as a junior. 
during Notre Dame's run to the BCS National Championship game. He accumulated 50 catches, 649 yards, and four touchdowns, caught the winning score in a rainstorm against Stanford, and was one of the bright spots for the Irish in the National Championship game with six catches for 90 yards. By 2013, Jones was named as a team captain and was established as a star. He met that challenge with a career-high numbers of 70 receptions, 1,108 yards and nine touchdowns. For his career, Jones' 2,429 yards receiving ranked seventh best in school history, just below Tim Brown and ahead of Tom Gatewood. Tim, T.J. Jones was a mainstay on Brian Kelly's first Notre Dame teams. Really a ton of respect for T.J. Jones, the person and the player. Eventually was named captain, a qu- you know, a quiet captain, a quiet leader. But he did it with his play about, I mean, I, the most successful freshman wide receiver, I believe, off the top of my head, uh, under Brian Kelly. That seems to be a hot topic lately. Everybody um, wants Brian Kelly to play freshman receivers, whether they're ready to play or not. But T.J. Jones was, and the 23 receptions is a high watermark for, for freshmen. Um, the thing that I really respect about T.J. Jones was he made himself faster his senior year. And we saw the productivity go up with the seven seventy uh, catches for eleven hundred yards and and uh, you know twenty four hundred in his career. A lot of respect for T.J. Jones. Knew Andre Jones. Know how difficult that was for him. Uh, I, I picture T.J. Jones as just a as a young kid. He's all grown up now. But when I think of T.J. Jones, I see that that baby face and what a what a quality human being he was and is. Yeah, and you know his father was not the only Notre Dame connection Jones had because Ragib Rocket Ishmael happens to be TJ's godfather. TJ Jones, another Marina at Lake Gage, all-time Irish hero. The Marina at Lake Gage, we love boats. And it's now time for the Aspen Mortgage Key to an Irish Victory. Tim, Georgia Tech is 2-4. and four. They own a narrow victory over Florida State and a 19-point win over Louisville. Two weeks ago, Clemson pounded them, 73-7. Last week at BC, they fell to Phil Jerkovic and BC, 48-27. Head coach Jeff Collins is in the second year of transitioning from Tech's old triple option offense and went 3-9 and nine a year ago. The offense is led by 6'3", 215-pound true freshman Jeff Sims. Team's second leading rusher on the year, he has completed 55% of his throws, Good for 1,196 yards and eight TDs. He has, however, thrown 10 interceptions. Overall, the offense has shown pretty good balance. Freshman Jamar Gibbs, a a real talent, is the leading rusher with 308 yards, two scores, and a decent 4.5 yards per carry. Impressively, he has also caught four touchdown passes. 6'2", 220-pound uh, senior Jalen Camp is the leading receiver, 17 catches, good for 226 yards and two TDs. He's part of a top three, which has now been together for two seasons. Yellow Jacket tight ends, by the way, have combined for a total of just four catches on the year. The offensive line is a mix of one freshman, two veterans, and two transfers. They've paved the way to a rushing game that ranks 39th nationally, and they've given up just 10 sacks. Defensively, Tech will employ a 4-2-4 scheme and rotate a lot of players. They're giving up 41.2 points per game, and they've had difficulties defending the pass. Also difficulties in the red zone and on third down, and mistakes have plagued Tech. 
missed field goals and extra points, 18 turnovers, lots of penalty yards, and by a wide margin, they are worst in the nation, having given up six blocked kicks. Tim, no doubt some of the defensive stats are skewed a bit by Clemson's 73-point blowout, but this team makes lots of mistakes. What is the Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory? Well, Phil, you mentioned the 41.2 per game. Go ahead and eliminate the Clemson 73-point outburst on them. They're still giving up 34 points a game and they're 76 in the country in, in uh, scoring defense. 18 touchdown passes they've allowed, and you mentioned the, the 18 uh, turnovers. Having said all that about the defense, I, I you know I'm impressed with with Jeff Sims and, and Jameer Gibbs and a couple of their receivers. I think the key to Notre victory is just having uh, you know some containment of Sims and Gibbs. I really really like Gibbs. I think he's a quality running back. But if you just slow that offense down, I don't see Georgia Tech's defense being able to contain Notre Dame's offense. Okay, well just slow that uh, offense down a bit. That is Tim Priester's Aspen Mortgage key. To an Irish victory. And Tim Priester, who is this week's Aspen Mortgage key player for the Irish? Well, you know, Phil, I thought about this long and hard. It's it's always it's hard to pick out a defensive player per se. You could always pick out Jeremiah Usu Koromoa as good as he has been. Uh, but you know what? I'm gonna because of all the things that I said about the Georgia Tech uh defense, my pick this week is Ian Book. I think Ian Book can build upon what he did last week. I can I think he can add to those 18 touchdown passes that Georgia Tech has allowed. They've got the weapons at tight end. I know you're now missing Austin and Lindsey, but I think there's more than enough, more than enough wide receiver and pass catching talent for Ian Book to be the 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 key player for Notre Dame this week. Well, and it'd be nice to see an Ian Book uh, heading into the Clemson game. So Ian Book is your Aspen Mortgage key Irish player this week. Aspen Mortgage for all your mortgage needs. Call 486 loan. And it's now time for the injury report brought to you by Indiana Physical Therapy. Your choice for physical therapy now with 20 Indiana locations. Tim, a pretty good report from Brian Kelly late in the week. How do the Irish stand health-wise going into game six? Well, uh, you know, we already know about uh, Kevin Austin being out and and Paul Mawala and, and those guys. But as far as those that are um, still in play for this year, Braden Lindsay will be out. Uh, he had a PRP for the grade two hamstring injury that he has. So that will definitely keep him out for Georgia Tech and Clemson. They hope to have him back uh, after that for Boston College, but you have a bye week after after Boston College. So it may be a while before we see Braden Lindsay, but when he does return for North Carolina in the home stretch of the season, he should be uh, a lot healthier than he has been trying to overcome a hamstring injury. Okay, so most everybody uh, is healthy, uh, but the receiving core has been bit. Thanks, Tim. And that is the Indiana Physical Therapy Injury Report. And it's now time for the world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction, brought to you by irishillustrated.com. Tim Priester, uh, Vegas says the Irish by 20. What does America's foremost authority say? Boy, this looks like Notre Dame could score as much as they want going on the road for the second straight week. I'm not sure that it will be quite as easy as as they made it last week. Uh, and yet, having said that, Georgia Tech is really struggling defensively. I think you, I, I don't. I think you have to put a cap on what Georgia Tech is capable of scoring against Notre Dame's defense. And to me, that would looks like it's 14 points. And I would say that's the maximum. I'm going to go fill with Notre Dame 42, Georgia Tech 14. 
42 to 14 in favor of the Irish. That is Tim Priester's world famous Irish illustrated prediction. Uh, and Tim, I, the Irish are better in all phases of the game than, than Georgia Tech, no question in my mind. But I expect that in anticipation of Clemson, they're going to kind of play it a bit vanilla and maybe not at, be at their peak of intensity. I'll take the Irish over Georgia Tech 37 to 14. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Phil. Go Irish, and thanks for listening to Fighting Irish Preview. Special thanks to Jim Shovelin, Art Salzberg, and studio producer Adam Schenkel. Fighting Irish Preview is the copyrighted property of Judge Phil Productions. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.